Welcome back to Two Americans, where rednecks react to robust retchings of riot-like self-repression. All right. Welcome to Two Americans. As always, I am Captain Ahab. With me, as always, is Broski Fuego. Hello. And today we're talking about something because I have had a terrible headache for the past four days, and it uh, reminds me of my early college days, back when I was an undergrad in America Ooh. and imbibed a little bit too much in the party atmosphere. I have a splitting headache that reminds me of hangovers, and that's why today we are talking about the American spirit. Nice. And I feel like this is very apropos because Broski here is from Kentucky. Indeed. Uh, this might not make sense to any New Zealanders here, but uh, first uh, topic at hand, we're going to talk about bourbon, which is something that has been both revered and and very much, uh, what would the word be? Uh, kind of snarled at every time I, I, someone, a New Zealander, I've, I've even mentioned the word bourbon. They feel like I've, I've said a naughty word or something like, <laughs> dear Christ, don't even mention that word around me. It's kind of like how Americans react to tequila because it reminds them of that one night they were drunk on tequila. I feel like bourbon might be the tequila of New Zealand. At least that's the impression I'm getting because Possibly. they're like, I don't fuck with tequila. Like, I don't fuck with bourbon. It's it, I, I've seen some parallels here in New Zealand. And I would like to um, uh, reassure the New Zealand public that bourbon is actually a, a wonderful spirit that Indeed. has a... I wouldn't say an illustrious past, but it is a past that we are proud of nonetheless. Indeed. A past that in that involves liver failure and inbred Appalachia and all sorts of really cool 1920s film noir shootouts in Chicago, so on and so forth. Oh, yeah. So, uh, if you would uh, help me out here, Broski. All right. Uh, tell the public what defines a bourbon. <clears throat> well, let's see here. Bourbon. Uh, I'm pretty sure I think over 99% is actually made in Kentucky. Uh, I know that some is made outside of Kentucky. Uh, I think it's like, what, what do they call it, Tennessee bourbon or something? Uh, do they have that? Well, f from my understanding, uh, it, you can make bourbon anywhere in the United States. Yeah. But there are two, basically the equivalent of Appalachians like you would have with French wine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and those are Tennessee and Kentucky bourbon. Yeah, yeah, and there much. are even more specific rules to qualify as these two bourbons than mm -hmm. any of the other bourbons yeah, that yeah. are made in the United States. Yeah, so uh, bourbon is majority made out of uh, the majority is made out of cone. So you know you got your scotches, which are going to be probably predominantly rye. But when you when when you, uh, when I we come to scotch bourbon, was barley. Was it barley? Yeah, it's oh, my barley. bad, my yeah. bad, barley. Sorry about that. But uh, you know. These bourbons that we make in my in my state are predominantly cone, just like every other spirit that is uh, bourbon is made, just predominantly cone. Yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, basically, little history of bourbon I always thought was kind of interesting. Uh, to all the New Zealanders out there, our founding fathers, if you don't know what a founding father is, it's kind of a, a general <laughs> term that we have towards the guys who signed the Declaration of Independence. So think a guy in 1776. With a white wig. With a white wig. Think the George Washington types. <laughs> yeah. So basically, if it was George Washington or anyone who you can think of who looked like George Washington, he was probably a founding father. Nice. So Abe Lincoln, pretty cool guy, definitely not a founding father. He's he's about 70 years too late to that whole song and dance. He missed out. Yeah, but if you think, you know, uh, Ben Franklin, uh, Thomas Jefferson, any guy who wore those kind of stockings that make you look like a penguin, uh, those guys were our founding fathers. Nice. And they were all distillers. We all kind of adapted that kind of tradition from England and Ireland when the first immigrants came to the U.S. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the U.S. has something that uh, Europe does not, and that is corn. That's true. Uh, we we got corn over here, and the still the distillation of corn uh, was translated into corn whiskey, and later on adapted into bourbon with the aging in a hundred percent white American oak barrels. Oh yes. So uh, from what I know of bourbon. Uh, like Wes said, it has to be a majority of corn, that is 51% or higher of corn in the malt that it produces. Uh, it has to be aged at least five years in 100% white American oak. And uh, then there's a whole kerfuffle about Kentucky versus Tennessee whiskey. They're, they're at odds with each other yeah. right now. Well, Kentucky's obviously better. <laughs> I mean... You know, me growing up, you could drive 30 minutes and go to, like, just be at a distillery and then drive another 30 minutes and you're at, like, another two. So we got mini distilleries and we got varying uh, amounts of, like, quality in that as well. So my personal favorite would definitely be uh, Maker's Mark. You guys oh, may yeah, have heard yeah, of that. Yeah, give, give yeah, some, yeah. Give some recommendations yeah, yeah. to the New Zealand public. I've seen Maker's Mark on a lot of the shelves here. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, that that's actually a pretty standard brand here. Uh, yeah. The bourbon I've seen that's kind of the standard brand. It's actually even sometimes a top shelf here in New Zealand is uh, kind of ironically what we would consider the well whiskey, uh, Jack Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. is in fact a Tennessee whiskey. Yeah. So that's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah that's a little bit different. Uh, well, Jack, Jack Daniels experiments a lot, and you know they're really big distillery. They're pretty. You know, I think they're actually pretty up there with their taste and they're pretty consistent throughout but uh if you want to get into something a little bit more fine-tuned uh you know maker's mark is one of my favorites personally just uh if you look into them um the distillery is actually maybe the size of uh let's say probably the lincoln library that's yeah yeah it's a very small distillery and it like everything is made right there so if you ever go and visit it, you can see they'll show you all of their stuff. They're really friendly people. And uh, something that's really cool about them is that they're making a new one. It's probably not too new anymore, but uh, the uh, Maker's Mark 32. Have you guys seen that on shelves? Have you seen that? No, I've only seen, what is it, the 46? Oh, okay. yeah. my, my bad, my bad. The 36. It must be the 36. I thought it, my bad. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You know. Mixing up numbers. Yeah, but, numbers. Yeah, numbers yeah. are numbers. Well, if you guys don't know how that's made, that's gone into both American and French barrels. And uh, actually, they actually invite people out. And if you buy a barrel, 
and stuff like that or invest i don't i don't know how it goes exactly but they actually let you customize these bales for those bottles so it's really cool it's a nice one uh not a nice wine it's a nice it's a nice whiskey it's a nice whiskey uh there's also what what's another big one woodford reserve I was yeah. Well, right. Woodford is actually one of the most common bourbons I've seen in New Zealand. Yeah, it, it's a very subtle. It's it's not as bitey as you'd see in other bourbons. Yeah, yeah. it's a very approachable. If you, if you want to like get into bourbon, I feel like that is like a good first bourbon mm. to drink for all the people who want to get into bourbon, but they're really afraid because they see all their friends saying it's like death if you're gonna drink bourbon. It's it's not. It's it's a very pleasant thing. Uh, actually, I really wish we brought in a fellow Kiwi to this episode because I would love to ask them why are they so afraid of bourbon? Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. We're going to have to get on that. Because uh, it does seem like the, the spirit of choice here is definitely more of the Irish variety. Mm, yeah, uh, and, and, you know, if, if if you are drinking bourbon, it's it's definitely you have to go to those kind of 1920s hipster speakeasy bars downtown yeah, yeah, yeah. that like there are boo a couple. Bradley's. Yeah, oh yeah, there's like Boo yeah. Radley's and the OGB and there's a couple of them, but you know, where where everyone wears a bow tie and looks like they're about to bra- <laughs> like break out into a tap dance routine yeah. or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um yeah, I, 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 that it is really confounding why why people prefer you know I love all whiskey so I love yeah. Irish whiskey oh, and yeah. Scotch and all these other things but I I just don't see the animos a reasoning behind the animosity towards bourbon and I'm not even getting into mm. rye yet because I yeah, yeah. I see more people not liking rye than they don't like bourbon because bourbon has that kind of. Uh, sweet like aftertaste and so on a lot of cinnamon spiciness yeah the new oak brings a lot you know that that oakiness that you love in wine that brings out the butter and the yeah then the toast and and the vanilla it's very apparent in bourbon yeah And, Uh, and and actually back to it uh back back to what uh you said later on i actually think uh woodford reserve is maybe one of the I th- I think if you do taste Woodford Reserve, like the basic Woodford, mm-hmm. it's more of like, I think it is an in like, it is an introductory to bourbon. Yes, but it's definitely not high quality for my standards, at least. Ah, just because it's more of a, uh, it's a good. If you do taste it. It's all. It's always going to be a really good example it's of consistent. a bourbon. Yeah, it's consistent. Yeah, it's a very, very good, consistent and example of a bourbon. If you taste it, you'll be like, "Oh, this is a bourbon." You know exactly how you would taste. Uh, what, what's something New Zealanders drink a lot of? You know, <laughs> fucking spurn off ice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's exactly like one of the, you know, consistent, really, uh, fine-tuned to what that company desires their product to be. And they do have different ones like what the double oak, where they put their. I into love two. Wood, Woodford's rye too. They make yeah. a killer rye. I have not had that one yet. Um, yeah. That, oh, and and I personally, I'm a Buffalo Trace guy. Really? Yeah, I like me some Buffalo Trace. What's the and what's Wild the Turkey title? is actually, despite Wild Turkey's you know uh, reputation, yeah. Wild Turkey to the Americans is kind of like your 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 bottom shelf kind of like. Mm. Your your dad drinks it to get drunk, kind of thing, you know, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Uh, but now Wild Turkey is really kind of turning around their image, and they're they're making some nice stuff. So so way to go, Wild Turkey. Oh, and then there's Angels Envy, 
oh, which yeah? is a really popular one. There, there are a lot of brands. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like New Zealanders um, should should explore them uh, at the expense of their wallets. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I had a I had a really good one. It was it was a little expensive. Uh, I think it was something like Jefferson's Reserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jefferson's Reserve is, is oh my a pretty pop. It's actually yeah. well, I mean, no surprise, it's more expensive here than it is in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. But something I really was surprised about is a shot of the most expensive bourbon in the world is called uh, Pappy Van Winkle. Mm, yep. And it's uh, it goes for something around 120 bucks a shot or higher sometimes in the U.S. It is like. 60 70 bucks here in the, in New Zealand and I hmm. don't know why. Yeah. What what's the uh um, Maybe because there isn't as much of a draw towards bourbon so it doesn't have as much value here. Yeah, yeah, possibly. What um isn't that owned by a bigger company? Isn't that like a shootout like a small shootout? No. Nah, oh, is, is that a pure one? Pappy Van I think it's Pappy Van is is I need I need to look this up really fast. And and it's only sixty dollars here for a shot. Well, when I went to someplace else, it was it it Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve Flagship Bram Bourbon Whiskey Old Rip Van Winkle. Oh, it's Old Rip Van Winkle Distillery. Oh, it is distilled and bottled by the Sazerac Company. Sazerac yeah. Rye. Okay. Sazerac Rye, by the way, uh, is a killer rye, and I yeah. feel like that's a really good introductory rye. Speaking yeah. of which, Sazerac uh, owns. Buffalo Trace Distillery. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was so, thinking too. So, so uh, Old Rip Van Winkle, Sazerac Rye, Buffalo Trace—they're yeah. all kind of a, a, a conglomerate. Yeah, yeah. But yes, Old Rip Van Winkle, uh, probably the most expensive uh, whiskey or well, bourbon. Yeah. In in the world. Oh wow! Yeah. If it's that cheap down here, I might I might go get a shot before I'm, I leave. I'm gonna get a couple of shots. I already got a shot, and I was because like really? I've well yeah because every time I go, it's over a hundred bucks in the U.S. Wherever I go, were you blown and away? It was it was good, but uh, I mean it. It's kind of those things where like if you give someone. Uh, you know, a five thousand dollar bottle of French wine, and uh, they have no interest in wine. They're not going to necessarily appreciate the subtleties as much as someone who's well read in wine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they'll still enjoy the wine, but they'll still be kind of like, I don't see where mm. the five thousand dollars comes into play. Yeah, yeah, it's the same concept with any kind of product. If you're an astute student of wine, spirits, whiskey, any product of that field yeah, yeah. uh you will see more of the value in these more expensive products than someone who might be a novice mm. just because you're a novice doesn't mean you can't enjoy these whiskeys it means just that you might not really agree on the price range yeah is yeah, it yeah. worth exactly it? yeah because once you get um more complexity in any type of alcohol will significantly shoot up the price. It's a, it's kind of insane, but uh, there are, uh, to me, it seems like there's two types of alcohol. There's the ones that you, you know, drink <laughs> just like really fast. You know, you get the glass, you just drink it. You know, just choke it down, whatever. It has a purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and has it, a purpose, and it, then that that purpose is. To get you drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the other alcohols, which are, you know, you sit back, you take like a solid hour just sipping on like one shot, uh, you know, just one glass of wine, just really admiring it. And uh, for bourbon, uh, you know, for the big bourbons, like the flagship Woodford Reserve, uh, the 
Um, what's another big one? The you know Jim Bean, which is like you know for Tennessee. Yeah, uh, was that uh, Dickel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know these flagship ones. You know you just like take the shot real quick. Actually, but, I like Dickel, but. <laughs> <laughs> but but for these more finer, more expensive, or well-made fireball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fire. <laughs> fireball isn't whiskey. Stop calling yeah. Fireball yeah. a whiskey. If yeah, it yeah. has a, a, a like a sugary, syrupy, cinnamon substance in it, it is no longer by definition a spirit. It is a liqueur. Okay? Yeah, exactly. You're taking shots of basically vermouth. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no. Uh, so if you take more than let's say thirty minutes to enjoy a shot or a glass of wine, uh, then you know that's when you know it's a good one. Yeah, that's when you know. The, the, you know, if you, I mean, if you have the, if you have the pocket money to get drunk off of those, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like exactly, exactly, maybe you live that kind of baller lifestyle. <laughs> Who am I to judge? Yeah, and uh, and another another thing that actually helps uh, is if you got a really nice glass. You like swirl it around. You know how you sniff wine. You swirl it around and you sniff. You mm-hmm. know releases volatiles or whatever. I think, <laughs> or whatever. I know. I think Roland would be proud of my terminology right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but what's actually kind of interesting is uh, shout out to Roland. Yeah. He is the uh, dean of the wine department at Lincoln University. So he's such a good guy. He is awesome. He is awesome. Everyone, give him some love. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so. If you're at a restaurant and you order one of these nice drinks, uh, one of these nice bourbons or whatever, try to, uh, if they actually have like a candle lit on the table, which if you buy, if you, you do buy. Wh- are you telling them to warm their whiskey? I, I am. Oh. I am. See, just, a, just a tiny, like, like, uh, like you know, just drink it at first a little bit and then like I mean, that, near the that's end. That's like the brandy approach. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the brandy approach. But like if it's a nicely old aged bourbon. You can release some pretty nice things by heating it up a little bit, is what I found. See Not what, a lot, just a little bit. Well, if you remember in your uh, aromatics class with Roland Harrison that we took last oh, year, yeah. uh, a lot of the aromas that you detect, they evaporate off of any spirit because of their hydrophobic interactions. Mm. They are drawn more to the surface of the spirit, and the hydrophobic interactions... Uh, based on their molecular composition and some, uh, you know, th- there are several variables at play here. Uh, at different rates, will will evaporate and reach your nose. So it's not just their hydrophobic interactions, but those are one of the uh, many factors at play. Oh yeah. Uh, if you add a drop of cold water, so you don't have to. Uh, necessarily warm your whiskey if you don't like drinking warm mm. whiskey. Yeah, true. You can add a couple of drops of water, and just that uh, those a couple of drops of water will uh, will instigate uh, an entropy kind of environment yeah. that will cause these hydrophobic exactly. molecules to evaporate more. So, all those people who say it's kind of a pussy move to water down your whiskey and stuff. Don't listen to them. Yeah, yeah. There's it, a you reason. can you can appreciate a watered down whiskey here and there, but there's actually a lot to taking a little water droplet or or even a teaspoon of water and just mm. adding it to your whiskey, and uh, it it will change the entire aroma, com, oh, yeah. uh, aromatic uh, balance of that whiskey, and all these new flavors will be much more yep. approachable without that kind of alcoholic burn that sometimes covers them up. Yeah, you know, one thing I always do when I go out and I order a drink, and it's a, you know, a bourbon or another type of spirit, I always ask them to just put one ice cube in there. 
you know, just one. Because over time it just melts down and it just releases all of that water into it. Yeah, everyone has their their way of watering down a whiskey. Oh, so yeah. so some people do the ice. Personally, I ask for an incredibly chilled uh, water back. And a water mm. back is the bartender will give you a side of a very chilled water with some manner of uh, some kind of tool to add the water in small increments of your choice. Nice. And in that way, the the whiskey might not be as chilled as uh, a. a a whiskey with ice in it, which is something that you might uh, prefer, but you can control the rate of dilution of that mm. whiskey, which is a lot more important to me. So everyone has their yeah. their their rate of importance. You know, if if you're adding a, a an ice cube to your whiskey, there's no problem with that because it still has a decent rate of dilution, and you're still enjoying the whiskey, and it has the benefit of being cold. Um, so so there is no wrong way here. Um, I mean, the only wrong way is to, you know, throw it over your shoulder, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but but either way, the, you know, at the end of all of this, uh, between two students, we're, we're going to Lincoln University. Actually, we are studying exactly this. Oh, yeah. So so we know a thing or two. We may not know as much as Roland Harrison. Yeah, you know. Shout out to Roland Harrison yeah. again. The Everybody. Man, the lo- legend. Love to Roland Harrison. Uh, but you know, we, we still know a thing or two and, uh, and in conclusion, I think the most important thing that we bring from this is as long as you are enjoying this in a good environment with good friends and good conversation, there is no wrong way to drink whiskey. Oh yeah, exactly. And look, and look at us talk about this, you know, the day, what, like a few days before Gowden Pouty, trying to teach these men and women how to be civil. Oh no! Drink. There's nothing civil about garden party. You guys go, <laughs> go, go crazy at garden party. Yeah. Go, go drink your 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 Franzia. Go chug your Smirnoff ice. <laughs> yeah. The, there's no time to enjoy Pappy Van Winkle at garden party. If you're drinking <laughs> Pappy Van Winkle at garden party, you're a pretentious fuck. Yeah, yeah. You know, just give me some money. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, uh, that garden party is is no time for that uh, yeah. shenaniganery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, before we we finish this episode, I, just a quick little cover on rye. So rye, yeah. it's exactly the same rules as as um, as bourbon, except instead of fifty one percent corn, it is fifty one percent rye mm. uh, that needs to be in the mash. And rye, the best way I can describe it is if you've ever had, like I don't know, they don't make Rubens here. They don't make yeah, Reuben. Don't. There aren't any good delicatessens I've found in the South Island of New Zealand. No. South Island of New Zealand, uh, you guys need to up your delicatessen game. And people don't really do sandwiches as much here. No, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I've seen the sandwiches, but like you already precise your bread and your deli meat. That adds to oxidation. It, it's not as it, fresh. It's, you know, you guys. It's so weird, you know. It's like, like they're all pre-made. Yeah. Like fucking make those sandwiches to order the little bit of effort makes your sandwich all the better exactly i never really thought like i thought you know i'm from california i thought the thing i'd miss the most when uh leaving california would be you know all the standard stuff that everyone makes fun of californians for you know burritos avocados <laughs> in and out yeah chinese food you know all, all that stuff the thing I missed the most was a sandwich. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> that shouldn't be sandwich. the thing that you guys are, are bereft of, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's kind of like a silly standard to be missing. Uh, 
I know. You know, when I was like ordering at Mrs. O's or whatever, and I had to like get a sandwich in like one of those cowbird box I'm, things. I mean, at the same time, it's Mrs. O's. Like, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. like even at, at an American university cafeteria, the, the standards yeah, for yeah. food quality aren't the greatest. So, so no, no diss to Mrs. O's. I, I, I drink my coffee there every day. Love yeah, the yeah, staff yeah. there. Shout out to Mrs. O's. Shout out to Roland Harrison. <laughs> oh, yeah. Roland Harrison, you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching us all we know. Yeah, Roland Harrison. Alongside all the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we, we could stand here all day to... to, to, to <laughs> naming them all. Naming off all the badass professors who have taught us <laughs> everything we know. Uh, and uh, we'll apologize for the little that we know as well, <laughs> because that's not their fault. That's, that's our yeah. own. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, get a good cheese, get some good bread. Sorry, I'm going off topic here. Back <laughs> to the matter at hand. It basically, rye whiskey tastes like rye bread. If you yeah. think of, it's liquefied rye bread. It, it's it's that that spiciness. It's the licorice. It's the, it's these, it the cloves. It, it has all these very, very spicy, but oh, yeah. not that kind of warm cinnamon and yeah. vanilla and yeah, oakiness. Yeah. It's it's much more vegetal. Uh, uh, some people will even say bitter. I love it. I think uh, the 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 backbone of every good Manhattan is uh, of of every good Sazerac cocktail is, is a good rye. Even mm. sometimes I will not ask for an old fashioned made with bourbon. I will ask for an old fashioned made with rye because I want that spice in there. Mm-mm, that's a crime. Nonsense. <laughs> it's American. That's hey, uh all old fashions before the Great Depression, uh not Great Depression, the Prohibition, weren't even made with American whiskey. They were made with cognac. Well, I mean, that's pretty bougie. No, I mean <laughs> cognac was kind of like the, the, the spirit of the time, but I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. it's not that uh uncalled for that uh you know, because not even barely even a century ago, we weren't even using American spirits in our own American cocktails. True. I mean, did they call it back in the day the an old fashioned? Yes. No, no, no. The new fashion. Oh God, that's a that <laughs> no. is, that is the most dad joke to ever dad joke. Is... <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Like back in the day, it would have been called the new fashion. That is that's an <laughs> atrocious joke, and you should feel ashamed. Um. But yeah, so that that's that's rye whiskey. If you guys want to adventure after bourbon, I would recommend you go rye whiskey. And if you're really into American whiskey, hoof. I guess the only way from there is moonshine. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> have you had some of that? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I used to have a still back in California. Oh yeah. See yeah, yeah. here, I I think that the the this the distillation laws are a little bit more lax than yeah. than yeah than in California. So uh, you. In in the United States, you can only you can if you produce over X amount of spirits, homemade spirits, you are basically producing whiskey with the intent to sell, and that is technically tax evasion. <laughs> so so that's why distillation is illegal still, even after prohibition in the United States. And there are still some Appalachian inbred no tooth having dudes who yeah. are getting in trouble for for making moonshine in the woods and moonshine is most often a hundred percent corn unaged it's basically vodka corn flavored vodka 
made in in homemade stills sometimes they don't even pour off the uh, methanol that that so methanol is like the first alcohol that comes out of the out, out of the worm it's pretty it's pretty poisonous yeah methanol you know how everyone's like homemade whiskey will make you go blind and cause liver failure and stuff that is that. that's the methanol <laughs> yeah the and methanol is pretty easy to take off it, there's only like a, a teacup amount of of methanol that comes out of like a 50 gallon still yeah. it, there's so little methanol but that's how powerful the stuff is you literally can just take off the first couple seconds of that whiskey and you will have gotten rid of all the methanol in yeah. that group but some of these guys are just too lazy because they're like no i'm getting rid of my liquor <laughs> yeah can't do that <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and it's most traditionally served in a mason jar, like all American gross fucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, imbibe in the American tradition of going blind slowly through, you know, poisoning your own body. It's an American <laughs> tradition. Ah, oh, jeez. Just like fast food. What's the difference between fast food and drinking methanol? I don't see one. <laughs> okay. Join the fun. Mm -hmm. This is two Americans saying, why do you need your eyes anyways? Exactly. Where you lay down a dollar or two Then you go round the bend When you come back again There's a jug of that old Mountain Dew Oh, they call it that old Mountain Dew And them that refuse it off you I'll hush up my mug If you fill up my jug With that good old Mountain Dew 